Welcome in to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Whatever, TJ Hoosman Zada. I don't care if you picked the Super Bowl way back before the season hey, started. Mr. I- Martin, Mr. Martin Weiss and Jim Cunningham, I need a favor. I need a favor. I need y'all to find the clip of me picking the Super Bowl participants before the season started. I need that because everybody want to get, oh, Tony Romo said this in back in October. Man, I said this in September and August. We so give can you, you guys deal. please get me that information of me being TJ Nostradamus prior to the season? Thank you. I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead and continue. If Hushmanzada if, if <laughs> is hard enough to pronounce, now you want to be Nostradamus Hushmanzada. I mean, that's a mouthful, but he is the all-pro wide receiver, TJ Hushmanzada. I'm Rob Parker, and yes, it's the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Uh, championship, uh, post-championship edition coming up to the Super Bowl. We'll get to all that, recap the championship games, uh, get you uh, the early lines for the Super Bowl. But first, TJ, let's talk about a couple new, a newsy thing that just uh, came down for us to talk about. David Culley, who was the uh, wide receivers coach uh, for the Ravens, and, you know, reports are, that uh, they're working towards a deal for the Houston Texans. What's your first take uh, on this? Well, he's been hired from what I was just told and read. He's officially hired. And then, see, he's a wide receiver coach, and I'm going to whisper this. He's also the passing game coordinator. I don't think they want to say that. They don't want to say it because Baltimore had the worst passing offense in the league, and he's the passing game coordinator. I don't doubt that he's a fantastic coach. And I say that because my affinity for John Harbaugh, I played one year in Baltimore and just the way he conducts himself and the way he runs a team in a meeting room, no question in my mind that Coley's a fantastic coach because if he wasn't, he wouldn't be on that staff. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. From you, that's a good endorsement. I, I will say that. Now, I don't know him, but for me, and this is just me, I just have a hard time with guys that, and he has, a, as you guys would say, he has a lot of skin in the game. He's been an NFL assistant for 27 years, never been a coordinator. 27 years, never been a coordinator. And, and so, how to me, to me, that's a red flag. That's a red flag for me as well. And so, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because if Harbaugh believes in him that way, then I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But then I have a hard time when you look at coordinators that have had tremendous success. Let's start with the, the main one that everybody's going to bring up is Eric Bieniemy. If it was good for Peterson and Nagy, why isn't it good for Bieniemy? We've beaten that horse so many times. I don't get that. Okay, let's leave Eric being to me alone. What about Leslie Frazier and what Buffalo has done defensively? Oh, but they're going to give the credit to McDermott because he's a defensive guy. Let's go to Byron Leftwich and look what he has done. Oh, but they're going to give the credit to Tom Brady. And let's stay on that team and go to Todd Bowles, number one run defense in the league. That defense pretty much carried him in the NFC Championship game into the Super Bowl. 
And so those are guys that you look at that are minorities. And if you're going to hire a minority, you would assume and possibly believe they are more qualified. Um, I hope Cully does succeed. But man, this is a kind of out of left field hire. And I read that Deshaun Watson really enjoyed him at the Pro Bowl. So are they doing this to pacify him, which would be smart. But God, Lee, you've never been a coordinator in the NFL. That's tough. It, it reminds me of when the Lions hired Rod Marinelli, only from this standpoint. Rod Marinelli had never been the head coach in high school, college, and was a long, you know what I mean? And he finally got a job with the Lions, and you know how that turned out, wound up being a disaster. They were 0-16. So I'm not saying Cully's going to go 0-16 or anything like that, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's go to the next thing. You mentioned them. Eric Bieniemy. this will be two years in a row that his team is in the Super Bowl, right? He's the offensive coordinator as one of the hottest quarterbacks, if not the hottest, uh, maybe other than Aaron Rodgers this year, and Patrick Mahomes. And he's not getting a job for the second straight year. You see a problem with this? Oh, it's a huge problem. When you look at, when you look across the league, these coordinators, Brandon Staley, Sirianni, who doesn't call the plays, the coach were nowhere near as successful as the Chiefs. Um, the enemy has had much more success. In, you're going to call him the coordinator of the Chiefs than Staley with the charge. I mean, with the Rams. And, and, and I actually thought that would be a good fit with, with the Chargers because Herbert, big arm, mobility like Mahomes. If you can implement some of the things they like to do, they, ha they have a good receiver. And uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I, I just thought good receipt. I mean, tight end and Hunter Henry, I, I thought they had the pieces where the enemy can install an offense and it would be successful. It's just, it's something that we're not being told. And, and I know 20 years ago, he had a domestic dispute, whatever that was, um, bar fight, whatever. It may, is that it? But like you said, before we got on, if that's the case, why is he coaching at all? He should so, be right. If, if that nullifies him from being a head coach, he shouldn't be in the league at all. So I'm not going to buy that because either you're hireable or you're not. Am I right? And that would have been, yes. that should have stopped him at the door years ago as a coordinator or whatever. He should have never been hired if 20 years ago he did something so heinous that now this being held against him. I, I don't think that's fair, especially if he hasn't had any incidents. If you told me you had an incident last year or last week, now we got something else, right? Yes. Two years in a row for these jobs to be open and for him not to get a job, it, it, it really is surprising. All yeah, right. I'm shocked, shocked. It, it really is. All right, let's go to the uh, games, which you um, whatever got right. And, you know, I'm, what can I say? You got what it right. But let's say, let's start with the Green Bay game. And... Of all the stuff that happened, let's just go to the cut to the chase and get to the main part. How can a coach and Matt LaFleur make that call? And, and, and TJ, you're a football player. You know play. You know everything. Here's, let me just give you my two cents as a sports writer watching this and covering the NFL since 1987. It makes zero sense to me from two standpoints. If... If I even think, okay, I can't make it and I don't want to come away with nothing, right? And I go on fourth down. Aaron Rodgers, they had an 80% com completion rate as far as touchdowns in the red zone all year. 
which was the best, TJ, in 20 years in the NFL since 2000. So you give Aaron Rodgers that chance. If they give up the ball on downs, Tampa Bay is at the eight-yard line, which they have to be ultra-conservative. They can't throw the ball around, right? What about a fumble? You have way more chances of potentially getting the ball back at the eight-yard line. And if they play conservative because they don't want to give it up, they're going to punt from the end zone, and you have the ball at the, four, at, at the 45 to start with a chance to score. Am I wrong or, or, or what am I missing? No, I, I'm watching that game. My son, happy birthday to my son. He's seven today. Happy birthday. We're, we're watching the game. And he, he was six at the time, obviously. And he looks at me, he's like, why did they kick the field goal? Why did they not go for it? He knows this. Right. Like he was shocked as was I. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, are they really not going to go for this? And, and, and the only defense I can give LaFleur is this. Their defense was playing very well. They had forced Tom Brady into three turnovers. But when you have the MVP and time is ticking, and it's just exactly what you said, if you do not get it, they are backed up. They're in the eight-yard eight line. They are backed up. Now, third down, I, I honestly thought Aaron Rodgers could have uh, run that ball in. I, I thought he had a touchdown if he, if he runs it. He didn't. That's okay. But to kick a field goal in that situation was shocking, to say the least. No doubt. All right, Tom Brady played pretty well in the first half. Played well. Uh, hey, but how about Mike Pettin? You got fired. Greg Williams. He right. pulled a Greg Williams just before halftime. That, did, that you really, did you really play man-to-man -man in that situation with no timeouts? Are you kidding me? It made no Give sense. Play the sideline, put your ass to the sideline, make them throw it in the field of play, make the tackle, clock runs out. This dude played man-to-man, -man, and they wonder why former players like myself look at these coaches like, y'all don't really know what y'all doing, but y'all going to tell us what to do. Like, this goes on way too much, and very little has been talked about that. Are you kidding me? That's the coverage you play? I know better than that. Terrible coverage made absolutely no sense. What was the difference between Tom Brady in the first half? And then he, I know they were, they were give, taking shots downfield, but the ball fluttered. He, he just didn't have it. And he got picked off three times. What did you make between first half and second half? What was that about? They, they started to bring pressure. And on one of them, Fournette, he, he didn't see the blitz coming. He, he went to the wrong side because that blitz would have been picked up had uh, Fournette gone to the right side. But he went to the wrong side. And Brady, the reason he's played as long as he's played is he's not taking hits. He's going to try to avoid them at all costs. And he, he was just throwing the ball up. And the ones that weren't on third down, you can look at it as a, as a punt. But they brought the pressure on him. And Brady doesn't have the mobility. He's going to get rid of that ball. And, and so, luckily, that defense stepped up every time Brady gave the ball back to the Packers. That defense you know stepped up. You said you said it too. It wasn't like when the pack when when the Bucks got the three interceptions from Breeze, it was on their side of the field. You know what I mean? Capital. It gave them yes. a short field. One time I think they started at the eight or the ten or something, mm -hmm. you know, like short fields. Those were almost punts. 
because all of them were long and the Packers started at the 20 or the 25. It wasn't mm -hmm. like they got a short field and they didn't capitalize. They still had a long way to go. Not to make excuses, but there's a difference. Okay. Huge difference. There is. Am I right? There's a huge difference yes. in interception yes. at the, at your 20 compared to their 40. I mean, it's just, it's just a big difference. Yes. Uh, so, so the, and again, uh, Brady, 73 quarterback rating. Uh, he played well, like I said, first half, second half wasn't great. Uh, but uh, they get it done. The defense, Aaron Rodgers played fine, but not, they needed, he needed to be great. You know, he played good, but he needed to be great. They needed two scores out of him, and he didn't get that last one, which I thought. Out of thought, a score to eight, out of a uh, table of eight to ten, I, I give Aaron, he played eight and a half. I give him right. eight and a half game. He, but they he played a really ten. good game. Yeah, but they, they needed, needed the 10. ten. Yes, he needed ten with the way that defense played, so they didn't get it. Or done. he needed, or he needed me as his defensive coordinator just for the last play of the second half. That's it, just one play. That, that would have changed the game. That would change. That would change the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go over to Kansas City and Buffalo. I Kansas City had been playing a lot of these close games. You know, I don't know if they turned the switch on finally, or Buffalo was stage fright or wasn't ready. They were up nine nothing. But once Kansas City got going offensively, it was a wrap. They they couldn't be stopped, TJ. Man, 9-0, which should have been 10-0. I said, okay, we got a game here. That's what I thought. This is, this is going to get really interesting. Josh Allen was playing pretty well. And then they couldn't get pressure on Mahomes. And when, when they did get pressure, he bought enough time. They, okay, you're going to stay back. I'm going to hit you underneath with Kelsey. I'm going to hit you underneath with Kelsey, which I don't get because the Bills knew the game plan going into it. If we stay back, Kelsey's going to be the guy. So let's stay back and then focus on Kelsey with somebody underneath. They didn't do that. Um, it's a lot easier said than done. But I, I, I believe having Edwards Hilaire back gave them that run threat. The Chiefs are similar to the Bills. They don't want to really, they don't really want to run the ball. They'll run it to run it, but they don't really want to run the ball. Um, but Mahomes played fantastic. He threw balls on the money. Even guys dropped the ball. He, they, the Chiefs overall defensively played great. The key was every time Buffalo got in the red zone, they held them to field goals. Whereas the Chiefs, they were scoring touchdowns. The Bills were kicking field goals, right. and that was the difference and in the you game. Can't beat, you can't beat the Chiefs scoring field goals. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it, it's not gonna happen. Uh, Mahomes off the concussion. Nope, didn't seem like he had any issues. Everything. Seemed like he was fine and uh, played great. And uh, there they are, Super Bowl for a second straight year. Uh, always hard to repeat, but, but we'll get into uh, that next week and, and lay out more about the Super Bowl game or whatever. So we'll, we'll use that time next week, give us more time to think about our picks, what we're going to do. But, but let's just like do some, uh, let's look at bringing our producer, Martin Weiss, talk about our picks from last week, which I know I didn't do that well, so I don't. I want to close my ears on this one. But Martin, can you uh, whatever, TJ? Hey, whatever. Martin, Martin, I'm up here picking winners like you do on a daily with this NBA, Martin. I'm picking winners like you do daily, Martin. Come on, come on through, Martin. Let's go, baby. Appreciate that, TJ. This week's been off to a rough start, but I'm back at it tomorrow. You know, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Martin Weiss. I'm giving out NBA picks. But before we recap you guys' picks, let's take a quick break 
And I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. FanDuel Sportsbook, it's the premier sportsbook on the planet. And this is why. Because right now, you can celebrate the 55th edition of the big game with exclusive 55 to 1 odds. And if you've never tried FanDuel before, new users can bet on either team and get 55 to 1 odds when the Buccaneers play the Chiefs. That's right. You can bet $5 and win $275 if you pick the winner of the big game on February 7th. Now, me, I'm personally, if I had 55 to 1 odds, I'm going to go ahead and throw that on my home. And I've been betting football on FanDuel all season long, and here's why I like it. It's easy to use, it's easy to register, and it's easy to get your money when you win. And they always have these crazy odds boosted specials like 55 to 1 odds. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use promo code LP3 to get started. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code LP3. I'm telling you, TJ, listen, if you got the futures ticket on TJ's Super Bowl prediction, whenever he first said it, you're sitting pretty right now. You're looking at a nice vacation. Um, hey, make sure y'all get me that clip. I'm posting that. I'm posting that. And the date of it, baby. I think both people know that TJ was undefeated against the spread uh, over the weekend. Rob, you were winless. You said Josh Allen. Yeah, you had the Bills plus three and the Packers minus three. Whatever. Trail knockout, baby. Yeah, yeah. Ah. That's how that goes, man. That's over. That's a nice 0 for 2. So the Packers and the Bucks, that over-under was 51 and a half. TJ, you said it would be the under. The quarterbacks would play safe in the weather. That that weather never really came to play. Did Rob, not. you had the over and that 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 scraped by. So congratulations on going one and three. So or one and two so far to start your uh to conference. He deserves game. to eat something. He deserves to eat a piece I of the burger, to, just a piece. I need to eat. Come on, man. <laughs> And then, uh, well, it ain't going to be here. Kansas City and Buffalo, you total was 53 and a half. You guys both had the under, and uh, and that totaled up to about 62 points there. So, bad luck. Sorry. TJ, TJ, your your lemon pepper parlay uh, obviously cashed because you went against the spread on both teams. And hopefully you can rob some food because – He's not going to be his. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. I know, but wait a minute. I want to try that. We wings on that. I won that. Yeah, you did win. But I want to say, yeah. didn't we have a Jordan bet on one game this year? On the, Mark, what we game? did. I don't remember which one it was, but we did. We did. And I won. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you did. Am I right? Yeah, okay. You did. So, so what, what okay. are you talking about? How, when, when was that? How long ago? No, I mean, no, no, but TJ, you remember it though. I'm not. I don't going. remember when it was, but I do remember it. I yes. mean, sure, but so you lost everything this weekend. No, cool. I know. I just want to. I'll talk to you. Hey, TJ, you know, I just want to get my Jordan two hundred dollars. Hey, Martin. Hey, hey, Martin. He won a grand when he win and sing the blues when he lose, huh? I'm saying, man, go ahead. Hey, listen. <laughs> Wear them nice two hundred dollars shoes on your way to the ATM to withdraw some money. Because it looks like it's quiet. All right. Let's do some. Let's just talk early about the spreads for the Super Bowl coming up, uh, TJ. And uh, we have – wait a minute. Martin, did you send the same ones? Let's. I got the same one. It might change. Whatever the spread is today, you know, it, it might change. Right. But let's just – Martin, you sent – did you send something today? Oh, wait a minute. I got the wrong one. I got it. I got it. So it's three part. Here we go. Let's do it again. 
All right, TJ, now let's talk about the Super Bowl early spread. You know, obviously it could change. We got another week and a half before kickoff or whatever. But right now, Kansas City is only a favorite plus, I mean, minus three against Tampa Bay. Of course, the game is going to be played at Tampa Bay. They got a home game for the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen uh, very often. Uh, what do you like off the bat? Uh, you like Brady and the Bucks, or or does this look like this could be a bloodbath with Kansas City winning its se uh, second straight Super Bowl? You know, you, you got to see what happens in practice, any injuries, anybody uh, can't play because of COVID. There's so many things that can happen between now and game. The game, the tip-off is, is that you just don't know if somebody's going to pull a Barrett Robbins and do something stupid or they get COVID and it's contact. I mean, you, you just don't know what's going to happen because of what's going on. And so you kind of have to reserve what you're going to do. But looking towards the game, if everything stays status quo, Tariq Hill had over 200 yards in the first half. I'm going to say that's not going to happen again. If I believe correctly, and I could be wrong, I believe the Bucks were up 28 to 10. That's correct. The, I mean, the Chiefs were up 28 to 10, and the Bucks scored two touchdowns back to back, made it 28 to 24. And, and so they they figured it out. Took them a while, but they figured it out. And so if they can just pick up where they left off, I'm sure the Chiefs are going to adjust, as will the Bucks. Now we got a game. And so it should be, that should be really interesting as far as how that's going to play out, who makes what adjustment and, and how, how, how they go from there. Because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a game, a game of adjustment. Simple as that. So you think it's a, to a close game. You're looking at something that's going to be close. Oh, um, yeah. Both teams are too good. I mean, you're not running the ball on the Bucks. The Chiefs are dynamic offensively. But the Bucks can be dynamic offensively as well if Brady's protected. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I've, I've seen the road that they took. Brady, they got a lot of breaks. The biggest to me is the Bucks have just been handed a lot of, I think, six touch, six of their touchdowns have come off of turnovers, you know, where they got the ball mm -hmm. and were able to cash in. And on, on drives of their own, they haven't been able to manufacture as many points, which is, you know what I mean? Like, it's all opportunistic. I don't know. If they get two or three turnovers, then, of course, they have a great chance. If they don't get any, they could lose by two touchdowns. I mean, that's how I look at them. And I don't know, was Brady the end of the game, the second half? Was that a precursor to Brady? Was that – did he get old overnight? You know, us right before our eyes. What was that? You know, he was playing so well, and then all of a sudden it went the other way. So I, I'm going to – early on, before we know everything, and we'll make our final pick next week. I'm going to take the Chiefs just off the rip, but I think that they're better, and they got a better quarterback. And if they don't give Tampa Bay the ball, I think there's a great chance that they're going to win their second Super Bowl in a row. It's going to be interesting because I picked the Bucks when the season started to win it all, and lo and behold, I still have a chance for that to be true. So we need to and, bet on that. We need to bet some more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm still gonna roll with that unless I start to read things that are going on or 
somebody I know on the team tells me this happens in practice and stuff like that. And so if I don't get that type of information, I'm rolling on my pick. And so again, very different. Kansas City won't get into the Super Bowl until Friday. How's their, or until the Friday before the game, how's their schedule going to look prior to that? Um, you don't have Super Bowl week. There's just so many different things that it hasn't been this way in a long time. And so um, our guy's going to do the right thing. You have one game left, be smart. But uh, if be smart was that easy, we wouldn't have the problems we have. You already know. I mean, it's easier said than done. You know that song, right? Uh, yeah. So, so there we are. Um, the over-under early is uh, 56. What is it? 56-and-a-half? 56-and-a-half over-under. Where are you? Wow. Right now, with prop, the way teams are playing, I'd probably take that over. Um, considering Kansas City's putting up points, at least we hope. They, they finally put up some points against uh, the Bills, but prior to that, it, it was a struggle bus a little bit. You know, they, they struggled to... You remember against Atlanta. You remember the struggle there? And Atlanta's a bad... Couldn't put up points. They won that game 17-14, and they needed a missed field goal for that game not to go into overtime. What happens with the Bucks is they're number one rush defense in the league, and they focus so much on stopping the run that it and they play a lot of man-to-man -man that it leaves them susceptible to big plays on the back end. And so they're going to have to readjust that. The Chiefs don't want to run the ball, and they run it to keep you honest. And so Todd Bowles will adjust, and I truly believe it's going to be a chess match because he, he, you can't let Tyreek Hill go off on you in one half. He can't get that in the game, let alone in one half. And if they do that, we're going to have a pretty good game on our hands. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty good as well. So. We will uh, dive into more of it um, next week. And I, hey, you won't look, enjoy this background right now, y'all. This the last. This the last time y'all gonna see this. But this it. This last last show with this background, baby. New background coming next week, baby. <laughs> Fine, finally, right? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. <laughs> you know yeah, what's man. funny that you say that? Next week when we come back to my apartment. I'm getting my apartment painted. It's like, you know, when, when, when you move into an apartment, you don't paint or anything because it's not yours. You don't, but I've been in LA now for five years. You know how you're starting to feel like this is, yeah. Yeah. am I right? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, like, yes. I was like, I asked the uh, management, can I paint? And they're like, absolutely, you can paint. You've been here three years. And anyway, if you were to move, you know, we would have to repaint anyway. So, so you're free to paint. So I'm having somebody come in and paint. So I'll have a different background as well. There you go, baby. Yeah. So there we go. The Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast a week before, 10 days before the Super Bowl. We, of course, will be back next week. And uh, that'll be coming up, you know, closer to the Super Bowl. We'll have our final picks, have more talk about the NFL happenings going around, uh, interesting tidbits, all of that stuff. So you want to, of course, watch us, like us, subscribe to us. And uh, next week, we'll have those picks for you. But my man, TJ, I'm going to give it up to him. He called it before the season started. I got nothing other than one pair of Jordans when I got lucky. <laughs> and some off-whites coming from Plaxico here soon. <laughs> you know that. Hey, I want to I I send Plaxico the box score. You know, that's an inside joke. <laughs> joke about it before. I bet yeah. Plaxico Burris, his uh, radio partner, that the uh, – 
Plaxico bet me that the Nets won't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Yeah. Good luck with that one. No doubt. All right. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir.